You pierce the darkness with the fiercest light. the neon woman podcast my neon conversation guest this week is jan hoth jan is a speaker author and coach to big vision leaders she was also a joy mentor and founder of the happiness prism she teaches people how to find joy in life and how to structure your day so that you are incorporating joy and fun and everything you enjoy into your daily routine. I absolutely loved chatting to Jan. We discussed her origin story, her journey to where she is now, how she got started in becoming a joy mentor, everything you need to know about the happiness prism, and so much more. Here's our conversation. Jan, welcome to the Neon Woman podcast. Thank you for joining. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I always like to start with uh, a question as, as who are you aside from what you do? So who is Jan aside from your profession? <sighs> Such a beautiful question because, right, we are so much more than what we do. And who I am is a passionate woman, excited about life loving all my roles. I'm a mom to two children, um, ages nine and 11 at this moment. And I have an Australian husband that I love. And um, I'm passionate about skiing and surfing and getting into the full body experiment and experience of this life. And I'm passionate about people. And so beyond my professional vocation and expression, I'm, I'm, I just love people in general, you know, so, (laughs) and really love connections and connections like this podcast, like, you know, we're halfway across the world from each other and we can have a really cool uplifting conversation. Like who I am is, is, I don't know. I mean, a lot of my friends and colleagues and clients would say too, that I am joy incarnated and, or the queen of joy that I just, I guess I'm joy walking around. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you radiate joy like it's just (laughs) your name should be joy let's be honest (laughs) you know it's kind of funny but I do get a lot of text messages and messages from people who who do end up um calling me joy uh by accident or not right (laughs) amazing well let's start with your origin story I like to kind of find out how people got to where they are today and also if if kind of your childhood and growing up influenced the professional path you went down as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like I said, I've always been passionate about people and I did grow up moving. And I realized even um, as a family, we moved within the United States and then I was blessed with um, an experience of being an exchange student in Germany. But wherever I went, I realized, you know, at the core of who we are, we're all human we're all trying to figure this out. We're all trying to make the most of this life or, or a wonder who we are and what we're up to. And, you know, we eat and we move and we, you know, go to the bathroom. <laughs> and like, it's, it was so interesting early on realizing it that, you know, some of us kind of have it figured out a little bit more than others around how to receive this gift of life. Cause I really believe that life is a gift and joy is a gift and personal self-expression is a gift. These are all our, as I say, the three divine gifts, but we're not taught how to embrace them, how to enjoy them, how to embody them. And when I realized pretty early on, and actually the story of how I got to Germany started where I actually had a deep depression 
and was really kind of questioning this life, you know, wondering like, what is this all for taking happy pills that I hated and, and everything else. And then I had um, an angel in the form of a, a German teacher who was actually the substitute. I wasn't even doing well in German at the time, but she just said, I see something in you, Jan, pulled me aside and told me about the scholarship opportunity to be an exchange student. And a light bulb went off inside of me. And that's when the first time in my life, when I look back, I realized I shifted the trajectory of my life by making a choice. I saw that there was a playful, beautiful, exciting future that I could live into and see myself in that gave me more purpose in life. But it also gave me a joyful and as I like to define it, a, a playful future. And I poured myself into the application. Then obviously I, I did end up going and becoming an exchange student and loved learning the language. But that was the first time that I can really think about early on that I realized we can transform. We can evolve who we are, the way we look at this world and even our identity. Up until then also with all of my moves, I realized everywhere I went, people didn't know me. I could kind of try on a different personality. And so again, I, I had a lot of these skills early on of understanding that we can change how we show up in this world. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. It wasn't always pretty, I will admit that. However, that first step by going to Germany really opened my eyes up to a whole other realm of culture. And I, I have to say, I um, I declared at that moment, I'm like, I'm not going to marry an American. So it was really funny. And I could get into that story later of how I met my Australian husband. But my, my family was like, oh, she's got this international bug. But what, again, I realized, too, is just how beautiful this world is. We have so many different cultures and ways of looking at things and ways of doing things. And we can just learn so much from each other that that obviously sparked the international bug in me. But that was also, like I said, the, the catalyst to, there's a different way of relating to this life. So that when I did come back from Germany and then went on to uni here in the United States, when I actually ultimately graduated uni and I had a job lined up, it was a corporate job opportunity utilizing my German talents. I turned it down because I realized I was feeling very passionate and aligned with ski instructing, alpine ski instructing of all things. And I ended up having a job opportunity that took me to um, Aspen, Colorado. And Again, I followed the playful future, the playful outlook, my joy that led me in the path less traveled. And yet it was even there that I um, partway through the season, I broke my collarbone and I was so bummed I was missing out part of the season and actually an Australian colleague said, hey, why don't you come and ski instruct with us in Australia? Oh, wow. And that's actually how I met my husband. So as I keep saying, like, I started with this path of honoring my joy very early on and yet becoming a formal coach and, and guide and mentor in this particular area didn't come until a little bit later. I had poured all my passion into in, instructing on the ski slopes. And yet the truth is, I loved the conversations more that got to happen on the chairlift, where I really got to know my ski clients and their families and what, what brought them joy, what lit them up in life. Even though it was under the you know housing of ski instruction, I was really already being this expression of encouraging people to be in their greater potential and realizing that you know I had this this something inside but that was also before I knew about this whole idea of life coaching and executive coaching and then what happened was um I was actually getting kind of tired of being on the slopes and being out in the cold and I ended up shifting careers into real estate which I was also passionate about I just think houses and I moved so much growing up I was like hey this is really cool and I was still living in Aspen so I got to see really cool houses and help sell them but it, even there I learned about coaching 
because we had an executive coach. And I remember vividly sitting in my chair, realizing that I don't want to do this real estate thing. I want to do what he's doing, what our, our mentor there for the company did. And that's where my whole world opened up a possibility that realized there really is something called coaching where we can help and guide others into this greater potential in all areas of life, not just one isolated area. Um, and yet what happened next was I, I wasn't quite ready to jump into my coaching business, but we um, had our family, my in-laws came over from Australia. So we were still living, or my husband and I were living in America at the time, and we still do. Um, and yet when my in-laws came to visit, we had this glorious family gathering. My, um, both my in-laws had just um, retired from their careers and we were having such a, a nice family visit, but it only just started. And then they decided they wanted to go out on a bike ride. And we were visiting my folks who live in the Florida Keys, which is a holiday area here in the United States. Uh, and it was a holiday weekend. And um, we sent them off on the bike ride. And I vividly remember thinking, I really wanna go with them, but we only had two bikes to, to loan them. And then an hour later, we actually got that dreaded phone call of being Australian, my mother-in-law looked the wrong way when she went to cross the street. And unfortunately she was struck and killed instantly. Oh my and gosh. it was such a family tragedy. And I had already known in my heart, I wanted to do this coaching business. She was a bright light and a beautiful soul. She was a gorgeous kindergarten teacher in Melbourne, Australia there. And she had so much light and life that she brought to this world that she didn't really know. And like, we saw it all, at, of course, in her passing, we knew at the time, right? But that's when it all came crumbling down this awareness of how precious this gift is of life and how I'm here to help teach others to lead and live and build their no regrets life because I got to see how devastating it was really for all of us. They had all these plans that they never got to fulfill upon and just realizing like I have this gift to support people and understanding what brings you joy today because you don't know if you have it tomorrow. And you know, how do we bring that into every aspect of who we are? You know, you asked me, who am I besides this coach mentor guide? You know, how do we bring this personal expression into everything so that at the end of each day, we put our head on the pillow and no regrets, but also at the end of this life, we, we get to leave and say, I did it. I showed up. I did everything. I, I really lived with no regrets. First of all, I'm so sorry to hear that's such a terrible story, but it's, yeah. I, I mean, I completely agree with, with your whole ethos and message, but I know personally, it's so easy to get caught up in the corporate job and just doing what you have to do in a day, you know, like grocery shopping and cleaning and cooking. And at the end of the day, you often think, I didn't do half of the things I could have done to actually enjoy myself. There's something I'm learning a lot this year is to actually embrace what I'm passionate about right? aside from what I do because they're very different. Yeah. Yeah. And yet you can still bring joy to even no matter what you're doing. Like I, I like to joke about <laughs> with my clients that I can bring joy to, to cleaning the toilet drives my kids crazy but you know what you can actually enjoy. And that's, this is like maybe a little challenge to everyone listening. See if you can bring joy to even the most mundane tasks. I mean, I used to hate doing dishes. I joyfully do dishes. Yeah. I used to hate cleaning the toilet. I joyfully clean the toilet. Like really, it's amazing when you can actually bring a little bit of joy and it doesn't have to take much. It really doesn't have to make, take much. And in fact, sometimes the simplest joy is the most powerful yeah and also sometimes when i'm doing the mundane tasks or you know my partner is complaining about having to do something i often think we're lucky to have a toilet to clean we're lucky to have a house that we have to take care of and jobs that we can go to and get paid for 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Gratitude and appreciation are a huge part of being in a state of joy. Because when you really can appreciate the little things, the simple things, that's also the starting point to build more of what you're desiring in this life. Whether you have big, huge visions, and a lot of the the people I work with have really big visions, or whether it's just a simple desire to have a shift in career or drive a new vehicle. I mean, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't matter what it is that you're called towards but realizing actually the path to fulfillment of whatever it is you're desiring and and craving for yourself in this life is actually joy. It's not just when you get there, it's actually the path and the end result, the outcome. Yeah. Well, if you look at children, generally speaking, children are full of joy because they're so innocent and they just want to have fun. And we lose that as we grow up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause it, you know, and, and, and so many of our cultures, you know, there is a time and a place to move things forward. And so I have this whole process and framework that I live by and teach through called the happiness prism. And this came to me when I was dealing with these challenging circumstances that I've shared some of so far, but one of the circum or one of the aspects of the happiness prism is progress. That was what I woke up to essentially when my mother-in-law, Elise, passed away. It was like, we're here to move things forward in this life. So it's not all about just tra-la-la, happy play. And by the way, I'm not just, I love rainbows and unicorns, but it's not all just about rainbows and unicorns. It's actually about the not joy as much as the true joy. But understanding we're also here to move forward in life. And I think what happens in in our cultures and societies and you know obviously you can speak for Australia but as an American you know we do get very driven and career driven and and and, um title driven and impact and outcome driven and and we forget about to stop and smell the roses as we you know so to speak but that's where I'm on this big mission and I have to thank you for letting me come here to share my, my joy message because I am on a mission to remind all of us that you can have the and you can have that awesome career pursuit and be in the joy, stop and have that gorgeous time with your children or your friend or your neighbor, your partner, and make sure to smell the roses along the way to fulfilling on that because This is where I think we just have forgotten so much in our cultures and societies that we're here to have the and. You know, tribal societies, aboriginals, Native Americans alike, you know, there's dancing, there's going to bed with the sun and rising with the sun. You know, there's, there's, it's, it actually is innate in the fabric of who we are as beings. We just have to remember. And I think that's part of what my mission is, is reminding everyone that we are innately intended to have joy in our lives and get to enjoy even in the the most crummiest of circumstances to get to find a little bit of a joy moment and realize you know it's the and it's the sadness and the joy it's the the whole human experience that ends up being that fulfilling life yeah yeah absolutely well i'd love to get into the joy method because you are a joy mentor (laughs) talk to me about the whole concept the different areas just for everyone listening as much as me because I've always been a really positive person Mm -hmm. but aside from that I often get very stuck in overthinking and Mm -hmm. it's often hard to smell the roses so I'd love to hear what the joy method is how we can use it and just just everything your work is about. You bet. And thank you so much for the opportunity to share more about this. I mean, so essentially the joy method is obviously multifold, but it's also fairly simple. Joy, as I teach it, as I live it, is an acronym for just own you. And the idea here is like we can look up the dictionary definition 
And right, the Australian dictionaries might look a little different than the American dictionary and the UK dictionary. Like, it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, joy is about what you get to experience inside of you. And what I truly believe is, you know, as individuals, that definition gets to change. What it is today at this phase of your life gets to be different than it will be tomorrow and than it was, you know, yesterday or two years ago. And so the Dory Method is about just owning you as you are today. So I do teach a lot of mindfulness perspective inside of my Dory Method because it's about present moment awareness, which is how I define mindfulness of what's up for you today. And sometimes it's not bouncing off the wall happy. Sometimes it's a quiet contentment or sometimes it's a really good cry, letting it all go, letting it all out. Because actually on the other side of that, there is joy. There's a relief. There's a peacefulness. When you really let yourself be all of that humanity piece that I was talking about before. Now, inside of this idea of of joy, I have my happiness prism framework that as I started to share, it came to me at these different monumental moments in my life where one you've already heard about was play when I had the depression. And then progress came as I define it as purpose in motion. By the way, play is joy in motion, no agenda, but it's just joy in motion. And then progress is purpose in motion. And that came to me obviously when when we lost my mother-in-law. Now I realized I was moving through life with this play and this progress. And it was like, but something was missing. And another experience came along where my then six week old son, (sighs) we woke up that morning and it was just a a beautiful sunny morning. I actually remember vividly. But then about 12 hours later, I found myself in the children's wing of, or sorry, the cancer wing of the children's hospital. Oh my God. And thinking, this isn't my life. I don't understand what the heck. And at this point, I had already been in business for quite a while. Um, I actually started my business back in 2008. Um, But I'm sitting in the hospital room with my son and up until this point, my coaching was life coaching, you know, monitoring your thoughts, changing the way you think. And I, it dawned on me, I can't think my way out of this. I can't think my way out of this experience that this is beyond me. And that was really the first time that I like leaned back whole broken heart open said help. And I looked up and I, you know, I asked for help from the powers that be beyond you and me, you know, and you know, like, this is so not religious. This is the spiritual knowing that there's just more to us than our beautiful little human limited brains. hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. And so that's when I connected with peace that I realized part of the prism aspect is that we require that quiet and that I actually define peace as prayer and motion, or it can be the pause. Um, but essentially prayer and motion in which we, we pause to reflect, listen in, tune into that larger part of humanity and consciousness. Um, but essentially long story short though, with, with the experience with my son is I had gone to bed that night, you know, pouring my heart out, but just going, you know, there's nothing more for me to do at this point. I need to go to bed. And the next morning, still devastated, don't know which end is up, what's happening here. This is not my life. And yet here I am. But I knew vividly that this is not how his story ends. This is not how my story ends. As his mother, I just didn't know what happens next. And so at that space, though, through my devastation, I realized um, I need to eat some breakfast. I'm a breastfeeding mama here and I'm in a children's hospital. And I realized when I looked at the menu through my tears, I laughed because I can order Fruit Loops for breakfast. This sugary American cereal. I don't even know if you have it in Australia. Uh, No, I've never tried it, but I know people love it. It's the funny thing is, is right. Like the first thought was like, no this is not healthy for me. This is not healthy for him. This is not nutritional at all. But then a larger voice came through and said, Chan, 
you need this for soul nourishment. Forget that other nourishment. And I ate the Fruit Loops. I enjoyed the Fruit Loops. And realized that that mini moment and joy moment, and this is what I, you know, part of what I really want to bring home today in this conversation was realizing that that little moment amidst that horrific circumstance really served me so that I was in a better state of being. I had a mini joyful moment that brought me into a state of consciousness because consciousness of joy is a high level of consciousness. It's actually just below, um, two below enlightenment. It's um, enlightenment and then peace and then joy. And then below joy is actually love. Joy is actually above love. So putting myself in that joyful state, even just for a nanosecond, allowed me to be in a better state of mind and ability to support my son and advocate for him. But this is where the prism, I actually got to put it into full uh, process because I had my fruit loop moment, as I call it, I tuned into play and then I quietly tuned into, okay, what is next? Tuned into my intention and vision. We're going to get out of here. Don't know what that looks like you know, prayed, put the, put the energy up and out to say, Hey, help with this. And then I was able to progress and take the action step, the inspired action step that was next and be clear to have the tough conversations with the doctors. Do I give him, you know, do they give him a blood transfusion? Like, oh, that was heart wrenching to think I just gave birth to this baby and someone else's blood's going to go in him. But it was like, you know, you know what, that is the next step. That really, for his highest and best good, we need to do this. And I remember vividly, like, blessing the blood and saying, you know, this is magic blood that's coming in. And thank you, you know, sending the energy out to thank the soul who gave their blood for my child. But progressively, I honored the happiness prism every day, every moment, while also in that space, you know, giving space to the humanity, having the tears letting the fears bubble up of what if this doesn't work out and all of the things, but also recentering and refocusing my joy and taking care of myself in that level and realizing I need to just own me and no one else can do that for me. Mm. That after 12 excruciating days, we did get out of there with a pat on the back. We think he's going to be okay. We don't know. He never actually had a diagnosis of cancer or anything else, but they ultimately didn't end up diagnosing or they said that it was a medical mystery and a medical miracle. Like the doctors Mm -hmm. even said that. And so it was so fascinating to be there with medical professionals and, you know, Western medicine, which I'm thankful for because they did things that we couldn't with Eastern medicine, but being in a space where they're like, this is beyond us. And now he's still a thriving young man. He's nine years old, haven't had anything since, but I absolutely attest this to recentering my joy, making it a priority because we as human beings are the human animals going to come out. The human animal is going to want to protect us, make sure that we survive. That's what our human brain wants to do for us. Joy is a conscious choice Mm. and making joy a priority is a conscious choice. So that's what I work with my clients on. And especially I have a hundred day journey called fueled by my joy to assist in the process of cultivating these joy rituals so that it does become a part of who you are. But it's very easy for all of us, myself included, to get tripped up, to get kind of taken over and life gets over and, and, especially in, you know, the last 18 months or plus, you know, there's so much of what's happening that it is easy to fall into the darkness and the shadow. And yet realizing that the joy method and what I really believe my life purpose is, is about assisting others and realizing that joy gets to be a priority and it actually needs to be a priority because it is the basis of everything that gets to be possible in your life. It is miracle making. I mean, I truly believe it was joy that helped heal my son and it has helped create a life that is truly pinch me 
as far as I'm concerned, I mean, we live in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, in a beautiful cabin in the woods, and this was not going to happen anyway. Like, this was not going to happen anyway. And so, you know, for anybody listening who who thinks like, like, here's this happy woman talking about joy, like, I show up every day and I make joy my priority. But the same thing happens if you're, you know, wanting to run a marathon, if you want to learn to play an instrument, if you want to get better at your professional vocation, it takes loving dedication and devotion. It can't be on the back burner if you, if you want it to be a prevalent part of your life. So kind of a lot there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's an amazing story. Um, I'm so glad your son was okay. Right. It's, yeah. it's really interesting because um, I think I was the Fruit Loop moment is interesting to me because I'm someone who grew up very quickly as a child. I feel like I didn't really have mm. much of a childhood. I mean, mm. I, I had a lovely childhood, don't get me wrong, but I also mm. think I grew up quick. Mm. So as an adult, mm-hmm. I find it hard to have playful moments Mm -hmm. and I also find it hard to have like a fruit loop moment where Mm. I just nourish myself with unnourishing things or (laughs) if I do I punish myself for it afterwards right and I wonder if the fruit loop moment is almost tapping into your inner child which you know wants the nourishment and the care even if it isn't always like the healthy option. Yeah, I think that's absolutely a fair assessment. I mean, honestly, I think we're all just children walking around in adult yeah. bodies. To be honest, we're playing dress up, we're playing adult. You know, there's like things about being, you know, I'm too busy adulting, <laughs> right? So whether it's Fruit Loops or something else and and whether it's your inner child or, or whatever, the invitation is to tap into that side of you that really is truthful and playful and giddy. I mean, there's a beautiful documentary if you can get a hold of it or anyone listening can get a hold of it, but it also is based on a book where um, his holy list, holiness, the Dalai Lama and um, uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu talk about joy, mission joy, and in the interview, the two of them are giggling like two little boys. And they are, you know, talk about two men who have had very, very tough lives. Like they have plenty of reason to be like, like, I don't want to find joy again in my life. And yet even them talking about that joy and exuding it and being it like, you know, I, I do think I truly believe that joy is the fountain of youth. <laughs> it's like a side, you know, outcome sidebar note of, of my work. And yet, you know, I do think we're tapping into your inner child or we're tapping into source energy. Mm. Cause I do believe like that all encompassing life force is eternal and youthful. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. It's what's interesting is your whole joy method is an acronym and you say that it's different every day, which really resonates with me because I heard a quote the other day that said, it was something along the lines of, I'm not the same person that I was yesterday. So when I wake up every day, I'm somebody different, which is true because you're not the same person every day. So each day you need something a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly where this is a framework. Like, I believe we are all our own gurus. We just forgot how to access that. And that's where the happiness prism helps with that because it's tuning into like, what's going to have me in play today? What does joy mean to me today? What's going to have me tap into peace today? You know, sometimes it's meditation or walking around in nature. Sometimes it's, you know, just actually um, (laughs) having a playful moment with my children can sometimes be peace. I can get the clarity I need. So it is an ever evolving aspect. And just like that beautiful quote, yeah, like we actually get to pick back up who we choose to be each day. I mean, that's something even His Holiness talks about too. He's like, I die each day. 
every morning in his morning meditation. And I've actually taken on this practice too. Like it's the dying of the self to come through refreshed and renewed. And you know, what's my highest and best good embodiment today. And again, joy is as a, um, Eckhart Tolle, author, thought leader, speaker, also talks about words are just a signpost to something more. So look, sometimes that joy aspect of you is still and very humble and peaceful and quiet. Sometimes it is bubbly and happy, but that's where you get to be you and where you're at today. And yet you can have that trajectory of where you want to go. You know what? I want to feel a little bit better. And one of the cool things that they've now found in all the scientific studies of positive psychology is that they used to think we had like a set point on happiness and joy that when we came into this world, that's all the further you can go. Well, thankfully they've realized what I know, crazy. What? <laughs> what, what, what spiritual leaders have known for thousands of years and beyond that, you know what, you can actually create new neural pathways. You can actually increase your ability for joy. You can actually uh, set yourself up essentially for greater success. And what does happen, it's kind of like, you know, when you want a new car or um, you want, this happened to me when I was pregnant, when I wanted to get pregnant, you see the car everywhere you go, or you Mm -hmm. see pregnant women wherever you go, like all of a sudden they're everywhere. Well, the same thing happens with this practice. When you start to look for the good, you look for the joys, you look for the appreciation, you'll see it more and more. You can be in a whole room of craziness and you'll see the joy. Like I actually had this experience, it was funny, um, not that long ago where I had a conversation with a couple of people. We were all on a Zoom call together and I had kind of a debrief with one of the people and she was like, oh, what did you get out of that? And I was like, that's not what I got at all. And it was really fascinating to realize I saw, even though, you know, the particular person that we were referring to wasn't necessarily like bubbly happy. I'm like, oh, I saw so much potential. (laughs) I saw so much, you know, positivity there. And they're like, wow. But again, we create our own filter through which we view life. And that's what my joy method and the happiness prism is about is creating an empowering filter for yourself. So that no matter what comes your way, you can relate to your circumstances, whether it's a cancer scare, whether it's seven figures debt, whether it's, you know, who knows? And whether it's something positive, like, oh, I have a really cool opportunity I'm freaking out about. You can create a filter that empowers you to be your best self as you relate to it. Yeah. So I'm someone who believes in the power of manifestation. And I wonder what your thoughts are on how that interlinks with the joy method. Totally. Your joy collapses the timeline to manifestation. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I have great stories about that. I mean, even this house is a manifestation of, yeah, kind of a long story, but this, this cabin in the woods, we're not too far from Jackson hole ski area. I actually, um, co-lead a mindful ski camp out there. Um, but this cabin was full on a manifestation of sheer joy of just being in a playful vision of what if we moved to Jackson hole and what would our house look like? And, and I guess I'll show the story. We were at a, like a restaurant, you know, how sometimes restaurants have like paper placemats with crayons, especially for kids. Yeah. Well, we were waiting for our meal and this was before we ended up moving here to Jackson Hole and my daughter and I were just coloring and I was just like, do, 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 like doodling. And I doodled the, this, um, you know, mountainscape and I was doodling cause Jackson Hole's known for their tram. Um, and I doodled the tram. I mean, terrible drawing. Okay. Like terrible drawing. And then it was so cute. Cause my daughter was like hopping my doodle. It was really cute. And then I just drew this little cabin in the woods with a little, you know, red roof and a red flower. And that's this house. That's this house. And we didn't, you know, we moved out here and this, we only ended up moving into this house a little bit after, or almost a year afterwards. But I remember unpacking a box going, that's what I doodled on that, you know, placemat and crayon. My daughter copied it. And here we are. 
and it was complete joy. So joy adds fuel to the manifesting energies and possibilities. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I tell everyone that will listen that I manifested my life in Australia. Right. And what's interesting is when we first moved here, we lived in Brisbane uh-huh. in a lovely apartment. But my partner had always said, no, I saw us in a, in a house. Yeah. And then about three years ago, we moved to Sydney uh-huh. into the house we're in now. And he said, that's really interesting because when I used to visualize the house we would live in, it was this house, but everything was like a mirror image. Everything was kind of the opposite way. It's crazy. It is so crazy. And I I love stories of manifestation like that. And it's so fun because it is, it's like you have a physical representation of your thoughts being realized. Yep. And it, 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 the joy just fuels it and, and speeds up the timeline. I truly believe that too, but that's amazing. Yeah. I love telling that story. (laughs) But how fascinating that it's a mirror image. Like that's so fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't really figured what, what the mirror image was about, but still it's the house. It's the house. That's awesome. Yeah. Tell me, and for everyone listening as well, how can... How can people utilize the prism in their day-to-day lives? Like from getting up in the morning to living life like a normal kind of corporate job to going to bed every night? Oh, great question. And, you know, this is obviously what I do teach in my programs. We go into depth more, but everyone listening can already do this today, starting today, right this moment. And So the idea is, um, and by the way, the idea of the prism is that we are light beings and energy beings. And then when we are optimized, we radiate joy, we radiate rainbows into the world and actually create a ripple effect. So one of the reasons and why I'm called to share this right now is is realizing that, you know, this is about you and it needs about you to speak, to start. And yet this is also about the impact and the influence you get to have in this world. Because whether you are in a formal leadership position or not, I believe we are all leaders and we can all be demonstrations of what's possible in this life. And whether we're speaking to it or just being it energetically, we get to have that influence. So I would love for everyone to start doing this. And what I teach is, you know, just open a journal or piece of paper and draw a triangle. So this is the 2D version of the happiness prism. And then on the left-hand side, write down one action in play that you can take today, this morning, and ideally right away. And it doesn't have to take long. It can be uh, a a quick dance in the kitchen. It can be uh, a beautiful um, cup of coffee with your, your loved one. It can be reading a few pages in a book with a child. You know, it doesn't have to be much, but just tuning into play just for a few minutes. And then peace writing down and declaring for yourself what you will do in peace. And it might be a couple of breaths. Maybe if you're into meditation, I do teach meditation and it is part of part of the practice that I, I do stand by. And yet not everybody's ready to dive into that. But meditation can be as simple as a couple of deep breaths. Mm. And peace is about just taking a few minutes for that. And again, this doesn't have to take long. And then tuning into what is that one action in progress? that you know is going to make you feel fulfilled to start. Like you can have a grocery list, a huge list of to-dos. And I knew you were referring that earlier. Um, But understanding like, what's the one thing that I know if I get that done today, I'm going to feel like I've been in purpose today. And to write that down and then to honor that as soon as possible. Now, it might be not appropriate to do it right away. Maybe it's too early to call someone that you need to call or something. Um, And yet are ready to have yourself set up with these three simple steps right away and to honor those. And that will, I promise you, put you into a state of joy right away so that you're set up for even greater success in the day you're in your joy consciousness and then what happens is is everything that you do after that 
you're doing it as a better version of yourself. Mm. And so that's how very simply, obviously it gets more complex and dynamic, you know, as, as people who work with me move along because they're available to dive in deeper, but right away, right now, you know, anyone listening can already do this. You can already do this. And I've actually, I love it. I've had audience members from other podcasts and other speaking experiences reach back to me, like not that long later, or even years later. And they're like, I've been honoring my prism ever since I heard you speak. And I just get these thank you notes and everything and, and how much it's changed their life and how they, they get to show up. Because that's the thing, like we can't control how others in our lives show up. We can control how we show up, how we relate, but that's the starting point of everything. And then it gets to come back. And that's where I also want to encourage everyone listening to realize like the more that you make this a priority, it does come back to you. It comes through others. It comes through manifestations. It comes through different experiences that come back to you even tenfold, that the energy that you're putting out in the world really does come back and, and, and refuels you, if you will, after you allow yourself to let that be generated through you. Yeah, I love it. I'm already thinking about what I can put on my prism today. <laughs> Yay! Yes! Amazing. Love it! Oh, well, I want to get to the Neil woman questions because I love asking everybody these questions. Yes, They're great questions. Yes. I have my own acronym. Um, so I've created an acronym of the word woman, which yes. is wild, original, magnificent, adventurous, and necessary, which is what I think embodies being a woman. Um, yes. And I see love as wild, fashion as original, your mindset should be magnificent. Travel is adventurous and a healthy lifestyle is necessary. Mm -hmm. I actually have a new question for season two of the podcast, which is, what is the one song you play when you need to brighten your neon colors? Tough one, because I love music. I love music. I actually often prescribe music to my clients when I'm like, I think you need something to hear, something different. Um, what comes to me initially is very easy, light, playful, is Megan Trainer's Better When I'm Dancing from the Snoopy movie, because it's very lighthearted. There's obviously childlike, playful energy, but I have to say, I do have other songs that, you know, come to me, and, and depending upon, like, what level of energy I'm in, and you know, what angle of encouragement, inspiration I'm seeking to, you know, burst those colors. But initially, the better when I'm dancing is, is what's standing out to share today. Amazing. Well, I've created a playlist. So I'll add that to the list. Awesome. Okay, so Jan, what about love is wild to you? <sighs> that it's unpredictable that oh, we have affirmation from my dog I have a Bernese mountain dog she's hilarious <laughs> she is uh, she's a ham but anyway um it's so unpredictable you know and, and it, it truly gives us the journey of the fullness of what it is to be human from heartache and heartbreak to full-on you know heart full and love you know, expression and experience and, you know, and especially like having the experience with my son in hospital and just looking at him and being like, oh my gosh, right. It just, uh, it's, it's wild, but it's beautiful. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah. What about your fashion sense is original? <laughs> I love color. I have to say, just not that long ago, I took everything that was black out of my wardrobe. I don't because I'm left. <laughs> I just, oh. <laughs> but I just, I realized me, like my next level, this version of me, like has to wear vibrant colors. Obviously, I'm wearing vibrant today, and and I just so appreciate color. And I love fun patterns. I actually even have Fruit Loop pants that I wear that are printed pants. Um, but yeah, for me, fashion is about personal expression. And for me, it is about color 
and, and getting to radiate color. So I, I definitely align with your neon woman message here. <laughs> I like color. <laughs> Amazing. I need to wear more color. I'm wearing like a violet today, but normally I live in black. It's crazy. Yes. Let's, well, here's the thing. In all fairness, black is all colors. True. <laughs> yes. It is all colors. And yet I just realized in my own personal style, when I was putting on black, I was like, I feel muted unmute me. Like that's really the space I'm in. And actually that's when I started, you know, showing up to more and more podcast interviews. I was like, unmute me, let me share, let me speak, you know, in my fashion and in my voice. So I love that you have fashion as part of this acronym. It's the question that stumps everybody because people would often don't think about how they dress in an original way. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a great question. But it's funny because I have just recently reconnected with that awareness that my fashion is my expression without words. Yeah. So yeah, I, I totally align with that. I love it. So what do you do to keep your mindset magnificent? Well, um, everything in the prism that I talk about, because the prism really helps presencing to present moment awareness because worry and fear and anxiety is all future-based and then upset is past-based and anger is past-based so um the happiness prism and then also i do meditate a lot and i do guided meditation um, and visualization to really serve me as well as journaling and um you know teaching journaling but really totally practicing everything that i preach of meditation and journal and honoring joy in the moment and you know realizing that as we talked about before um just owning you can pivot like you can kind of hit a dip and then realizing I have to refresh and taking personal responsibility for my state of being realizing it's not my husband's job it's not my parents job it's not my kids job it's not even my dog's job to have me in a healthy mindset so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really embracing that the last few weeks. I put everyone before myself and mm-hmm. I've really been pausing and <clears throat> giving myself a self-care routine and checking in with myself about what do I need every day. That's awesome. And it's so important. And it, it takes is. Work, though. It takes a lot of work. It is. It does really, because again, I think it's ingrained, especially in women that, you know, we take care of everyone else first, but right. You get on the airplane when we do get to get on an airplane (laughs) and they tell us to put our oxygen masks on first. So it's like, oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Always. So where is the most adventurous place that you've traveled to? Well, I mean, in so many ways, I think coming to Australia was the most adventurous because the funny thing about that story too, which obviously I've already shared, was a bunch of, I had a couple of friends that were supposed to go and they all bailed at the last minute. So I went completely alone to Australia to ski instruct. And, um, and yet I too love travel and adventure. And so, I mean, I feel like my most adventurous places, like my next adventure, you know, (laughs) wherever I, my heart takes me. Cause again, I just, I also align with travel as, as a beautiful experience that we get to have in this life and realizing that's where we get to learn more and understand more about this gift of life. So, yeah. yeah. Almost, I think travel, when you travel, you embrace joy more because you don't have to do the everyday things that you do at home. Yes. Well, and we're definitely we're more present to the details. Mm. I think there is something absolutely true about that, that we're, we're just, because things are all different around us, we're, we're way more attuned, hyper aware and present. Whereas at home we kind of get into, well, of course the, you know, the TV's there, or the, the refrigerator's there. Like we don't really look at details. We're not as, as conscious. Yeah. So. what is necessary to you to have a healthy lifestyle and healthy is in quotes because it means something different for everybody. 
Right. Well, my joy, obviously, and the joy prism and the heavens prism and all of that work, but also just very simple things like sleep, <laughs> movement, meditation, um, keeping joy as a, a priority, um, and also love expression, like making sure loved ones know that I care about them, I appreciate them, um, and I, I believe all of that is part of what's really necessary because, you know, I do believe too, at the end of this life, like, you know, you can't take anything with you, but I do believe we take our relationships with us. Mm. Energetically, I think we stay, I do believe we stay connected to people. And if we've fostered relationships um, in this lifetime, there, there is an energetic overflow, if you will. Um, so I believe um, nourishing and uh, honoring relationships is also a huge necessity. I love that. <clears throat> and then which woman or women are inspirational to you? They can be famous or non-famous. Right. Well, I love this question because there's some of both, right? Like my mom is one tough cookie <laughs> and really demonstrated for me um, what it was to stand on your own two feet go for things in life. And I just really appreciate her as the role model. I mean, she's 75 years old and she's still an entrepreneur. So, you know, appreciating that. And then also my mother-in-law, Elise, like also just so much appreciation for her bright light that, you know, is still very present with me. You can just feel her love and energy um, as a part of an inspiration and to keep going with sharing this message and this mission. And then, of course, there are the, the famous beings as well, like Oprah, who has a, a hugely adverse background and experience and overcoming story time and again, you know, to become one of the wealthiest women in this world as an unlikely outcome of her upbringing. So um, those are just some, but I feel like I could sit here and we could probably have hours of conversation of amazing women. I mean, my daughter, I'm also inspired by my daughter yeah. and, you know, she's downstairs and I know she's listening and it, it, it touches me to the core, especially too. when like days later, months later, she turns around and gives me some of my words of wisdom, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> so um, to talk about you know inspiring women like any age any space th there's just there's so many and so much but I just I appreciate this question and actually appreciate this opportunity to honor <laughs> these beings in my life but just you know I'm also inspired by you oh and thank the, you having this podcast and you know like you shared before we went live just like this is a a passion, <laughs> a, a labor of love. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just really appreciate you going for it. So there's just, we can find inspiration and really everyone. Yeah. So I love yeah. that. Well, you're equally inspiring. That's why you're on the podcast because everyone I chat to inspires me in some way. So thank you. Yeah. I have one last question, which is, what does being a neon woman mean to you? It means owning all my colors. It means owning the full rainbow of who I am, the full rainbow and expanses of what it is to be human, whether it's full joy, radiant expression or full down in the dumps, like <laughs> distraught. But for me, it's about owning the fullness of who I am and who I get to be in this world, knowing that my own radiance, my own neon expression is mine. I love and that. My, my season two mantra, if you like, is feel it all, the good and the bad. So. Yes. So great and so needed because, I mean, as I teach, joy isn't always about the rainbows and unicorns as much yeah. as I do love it it, yeah. <laughs> it is about the feeling all of it but feeling all of it also lets us actually experience more joy and more it. of what gets to happen in this life yeah. I love it well Jan can you talk about any upcoming projects you've got or where can people connect with you and learn more about the joy method absolutely absolutely well 
But the easiest place to actually find me is probably at my website, or I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, um, but it's all under Jan Hoth, so J-A-N-H-O-A-T-H.com. And then as far as upcoming projects, I mean, I have another enrollment of Fueled by My Joy, which is my group coaching program journey, and it's a, an experience of 100 days of cultivating joy rituals so that your joy becomes self-sustaining and self-generated. Um, and yet I also have some retreats coming up in which it's embodied joy and it's an experience in person when we do get to travel more, right? Um, but I have different aspects of that coming up, but people can actually reach out to me and find out what's, what's happening next. Um, and then in the big, big vision, there are, there will be books there will be TED Talk. There will be, there will be, but for now, that's what I'm working on. So I love that. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been an enlightening conversation. And as soon as we end, I'm drawing a prism for the day. Awesome. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for, you know, having this beautiful space for me to come to and bringing this neon woman message to beautiful women around the world because really the more that we feel it all and the more that we radiate our own true colors like the better for us all yeah. so thank you it's been a pleasure thank you for listening to the neon woman podcast neon woman was produced by me chloe and neon network production make sure to follow us on instagram or check out neonwoman.com for all the latest episodes blog posts and more